Welcome, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about the Anunnaki alien gods and the universal seat of power that they potentially hold. We're going to look at that today. I've got some brand new text I'm excited uh, to read. I did find some great public domain text that's from around 1915 called The Myths of Babylonia and Assyria. Um, and I really liked this one so far. It's by Donald Alexander McKenzie. You can find it again uh, in the public domain wherever you get your books. Um, this is going to be a great text to just go through together. It has uh, different figures in it. Figure one is Temptation of the E.A. Benai. Um, Babylonia and Assyria is number two. Number three examples of different uh, types and then statue of royal personage uh, worship of the moon god winged man-headed lion two figures of demons winged human headed cow ishtar and hades female fig figure in adoration before the goddess uh, and i mean it goes on and on and on um through these different mythologies which i am super excited to get into um, and so i'm going to read the preface of this just as we get going today i highly encourage you guys go download this again it's called uh myths of babylonia and assyria and you can search public domain um, and find it so um, if you're interested i can leave a link to apple books in the description as well just so you guys know where i'm pulling all of this from so the preface is this volume deals with the myths and legends of the Babylonia and Assyria uh, as they reflect the civilization in which they develop. A historical narrative has been provided beginning with the early Sumerian age and concluding with the periods of Persian and Grecian empires. Over 30 centuries of human progress are thus passed under review. So we've got a huge, huge volume here. Uh, of information to start going through and i cannot wait this is the cub cooker supernatural podcast my name is jacob cooker but my friends call me cub and you should call me cub too uh taco disco asks is that an anunnaki in the picture it's just my version of an anunnaki notice the multiple arms um one thing that i do want to read today is a bit of a description um of uh Krishna, in fact, the supreme being within the um, the Bhagavad Gita, if I can get to it here. Um, I'm not sure, Apple, how to get out of this. I guess I have to close it and reopen it. Um, but it's very, very interesting. Um, yeah, there it is, Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Uh, I've been going through the Bhagavad Gita and... Um, this description of Krishna, I think, is is amazing. Uh, and really, it's the description of the Supreme Being. Um, to me, I've been trying to figure out, you know, as we go through this, uh, this study and other studies, you know, who is God in all of this? We, we understand from many different traditions, there are different versions of God in so many different traditions. And I'm not here to argue one true God, you know, the Christian God, the Muslim God, the Hebrew God. I'm not here to argue any of that with this series uh, or really any time. I'm not here to tell anyone who to serve, who to follow. I just want to give you the data so that you can see where does all of this actually come from? Um, because I think it's really interesting when we look at uh, these creation myths to try and understand what is really going on. Um this is from the Bhagavad Gita. It says the supreme person creation is like a tree created by the powers of Maya. Now, if you know Maya, Maya is like uh, the physical construct. Um, there's even the Maya God. Um, we even know that the culture, the Mayans, um, were on this planet and they have a ton of different prophecies around that. Everybody knows the 2012 one that um, has come and passed. Um, was there a major shift in 2012? A timeline shift did that calendar end and enter into a new age yeah sure I believe it did I, for me it did I don't know about you but that's just my opinion um, and so the powers of Maya Maya and Hinduism is really interesting uh, because it's kind of like this three-dimensional construct if you will 
it's almost like the operating system of what we perceive reality to be. Um, I'm not an expert on Hindu myth. I'm not an expert on any of these myths. I'm just giving you my spin on it, my understanding. Go do your own research. Um, if you want proof of any of this, the proof is, well, it's just all around you. Um, all of these downloads, ideas, revelations that I get are coming from studying, from praying, from practicing spiritual practices, um, and actually applying the metaphysical uh, tools of the trade, if you will. Um, and so Tammy says no myths. Yeah, absolutely, Tammy. I mean, they're either all myths or they're not all myths and they're all um, authentic, correct? Like they're all just different understandings. We may call them a myth, but it's someone's understanding of what actually happened. And by the way, none of them are that different. They're all so similar from the Sumerian and Babylonian um, You've got the Mesopotamian, you've got the Egyptian, you've got the Hebrew, you've got um, literally the, uh, um, the uh, what did I talk about um, in uh, the Aboriginal in, in Australia, like the same exact story of Moses on Mount Sinai is within their legend and lore. And it's, it's crazy that this, these legends have made it all around the globe um for for thousands of years and so the texts that we're dealing with um as we go through these sumerian mythologies these babylonian mythologies are for all intents and purposes thousands and thousands of years old now what we're reading may be from a translation of the tablets but as we know the tablets are pre-biblical tablets they were written in clay um, and so we're going to be looking at a lot of that, um, and I will do my best to reference everything correctly, but again, do your own research. Um, Kame asks, uh, yo, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Anunnaki alien gods, specifically their seat of power and what is reality like around that. So, um, as we get into the Bhagavad Gita, why am I mixing all of this, by the way? Because this is how I study, guys. I read the Bible. I read the Bhagavad Gita. I read these Sumerian mythologies. I watch ancient aliens. I read um, different things that psychics and channelers write um, and share. I watch TikTok videos. I watch YouTube videos. Um, I'm everywhere, guys. I, I am. I am all... Uh, all in on this. I want to understand. And by the way, I have no preconception that I know anything. I was raised within a Christian evangelical um, doctrine and dogma and town and uh, how I was raised here. Um, still live in this area. Uh, what I believe and teach here is not popular uh, in my area specifically in West Texas, um, especially within the church culture here. And I'm not against any church culture at all. I just think that there's a much more open-minded way to view all of this and go, okay, who is the source? And then what are the gods? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with honoring the gods as long as they're serving the source. But I want to worship and be completely enveloped in the actual source. And I believe that that's what Jesus and Buddha we're actually talking about as far as the source so uh came through says ready to learn amen me too my brother uh missy what is up my friend how are you missy i love the project you're working on i just saw your post by the way love your artwork looking forward to seeing what you come up with on that um if you got a place to get them printed let me know i'd love to uh know where you get them printed at um and maybe we can collab on a project like that at some point because i've been wanting to do that same thing um so that's really really cool um zodi says super interested awesome greetings from iowa gems what is up my friend how are you um so yeah we're just going to dive into this today so from the bhagavad gita just to start out it says the supreme lord said that's krishna talking by the way uh they speak of eternal binan tree and that its origin is above the supreme being and its branches below in the cosmos, and whose leaves are the Vedic hymns. One who understands this tree is the knower of the Vedas, of the cosmic tree of Maya or illusion, spread all over the cosmos. The tree is nourished by three modes or gunas of material nature, proctor, uh, proc, prakriti, excuse me, um, which are the sense pleasures. They are its sprouts and its roots 
our ego and desires stretch below into the human world, causing karmic bondage. Literally, this is describing the matrix. Um, you think the matrix is a new idea? No, no, no. That is not a new age idea, guys. Um, unfortunately, 99.9% .9 of the things that are labeled new age are actually coming from ancient mythologies and ancient understandings, specifically metaphysical spiritual practices of ancient times that we have completely, completely forgot about. Yes, Missy, please uh, DM me. Th that would be awesome. Um, so that's why I wanted to share this because um, we kind of need to understand what, as I knock my microphone open here, um, we need to understand what the 3D construct is um, and not that it is not real. I think a lot of people go, oh, it's not real. It's not real. No, no, no. It is a construct. It is real by all intents and purposes, but it is also not real. Um, it is this tree of Maya or illusion spread over the cosmos through everything, by the way. It's not just planet Earth. We think that planet Earth somehow is just, you know, the only place that's stuck in 3D. It is this uh, construct that's that's over all things, nourished by the three modes or gunas of the material nature. Now the gunas um, are the basically the modes in which we do things. We either do things um, completely out of good, completely altruistically out of love, out of good, or we do them out of passion. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a lot more reactive to like, oh, this feels good, so I'm going to be passionate about that. Um, or we do things out of ignorance. Um, and the mode of ignorance is the thing that drags us to the lower vibrations, even lower than 3D, uh, as it talks about in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, or what would be considered hell in some doctrines, or actually just lower vibratory planets. Um, which is actually talked about in the Gita. Um, and then I'm, again, this is my understanding of that. So, um, and I really, really like this because um, it explains that we are looking at this 3D matrix and it is not by all intents and purposes an evil thing, but it is a sorting hat from Harry Potter type system, if you will, um, of what energy you play into, what let me shut the door um, you know what you decide to what you decide to align yourself to um, and so that is to me one of the most interesting things about uh, the Gita is really explaining the metaphysical makeup of the universe and it's one of the things that makes the most sense to me it actually to me helps the Bible make more sense it to me helps uh, make uh, the Buddhist studies that I've done make more sense it helps make just my own daily operating system make more sense because it's like how do you operate out of a place of no expectations that's really hard to do how do you go to work and not do it for a paycheck how do you do it because you um, are enveloped in what you do and you're doing it literally for the supreme being because you see the supreme being in all things and that's one of the main themes of the bhagavad gita so I want to separate and talk about what's the difference between the Bhagavad Gita and these Sumerian tablets uh, and the, the Holy Bible. What is the difference in those texts and what is the difference in the entities in them? As we know from this text, Krishna is a manifestation of the Supreme Being. Um, he can manifest with four arms or he can manifest with a million arms. Um, tongues of fire, multiple eyes, different faces. We literally see that type of thing within the book of Revelation um, and then in multiple places within the biblical canon. So this is all really, really interesting. Um, and I hope you guys are picking up on that, that uh, this study is a very open-minded study. We're just literally let's just ripping open the veil to try to look behind it a bit and go, okay, what is, what's actually going on here? Who are these Anunnaki uh, where do we get all these other understandings from? Which came first? Um, how's the best way to view all this? Um, Donald, great question. Is Jesus Christ's real name Yeshua? Uh, I want to know his real name. I'm going through an ascension. Great question, my friend. Um, you know, there's multiple names of him. There's Jesus. Uh, there's uh, Isa, uh, I-S-S-A, um, or I-S-A, uh, depending on how you want to spell it. Um, there is Yeshua. There is some people call him Christ. 
some people call him the second coming of Buddha. Um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want to define him for you because one of the themes that I'm learning from the Bhagavad Gita, uh, which really ties into the Anunnaki, is that the supreme being can manifest himself anyway. Um, any way that he wants. Yeah. Uh, Isas, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, Isas is, um, it's more of the, from what I understand, it's more of the Muslim representation of Jesus. Um, I've read a bit of, uh, the Muslim holy texts, the Quran, um, not a whole lot. I would love to partner with somebody that understands that more. Uh, if you guys know any bigger creators that want to do that, I would love to talk to him um, and do maybe a series on that to try to get, because I, I don't want to um, butcher that text for sure, because I know the Bible really, really well. Um, and so that's kind of where I come at all of this from, though this is not a religious channel. So with that said, you guys are welcome any walks of life. This is not a religious channel or even a Christian channel. This is just an open-minded channel. So Isa in Arabic, which is the closest langu language to uh, Aramaic. Yeah, and it's actually ISSA. Thank you, user58, because um, I'm really bad at remembering how to spell all of this. And by the way, just so you guys know, names are so like interchangeable. You have like uh, Isa in uh, the Aramaic or the Arabic, um, but then you have Jesus in the Latin. Like that's where we get that. Um, that word from and so it's all essentially representing the same person or entity uh, but it's just really interesting so as you get into et etymology um, even in the Greek um, which we pull a lot of stuff for this channel out of the Greek especially when we read the Bible um, you're, you understand things a bit differently because the meanings are a lot more direct in what those names mean when you get into some of the older languages um, which I really, really enjoy. It's hard in English to go, well, what's the right name uh, when we don't even have etymologies or understandings of our words like these older languages do because what it meant, it meant. Um, like the word of God that we have today. We, you know, we all call the word of God the Bible. Well, the actual word of God is the word logos in the Greek, um, and that means something spoken or by implication, the divine expression or the computation of the divine. So literally, it's like the computer code of God, uh, the expression of divinity within us um, or a spoken word. And so, like, how do you want to take that? Um, you, If you want to look at the Bible as a spoken word of God, that's fine. But you got a lot of men that have had their hands on it with a bunch of different motives. So I prefer to view the word of God in its original context, which is that logos, that divine expression of God within. So, um, so Donald says, I feel like I have Yahweh's mark on my head. It matches uh, the clouds and the sun. So Donald, I am not a Yahwehist as far as like my belief systems go. That's just me personally. I view the Yahweh in the Old Testament as uh, the Satan that Jesus was speaking of or the devil. Um, and so that's actually what we're looking at is Inky and Enlil, um, which is kind of like this family feud for the human race. Um, and really like our stories of like this, the God of Israel, things like that in the Old Testament. And then you have Jesus, who is like this ascended being from obviously a galactic collective come to enlighten humanity um, is really, really interesting. So um, that's where like... Yahweh, as we know him in the Old Testament, is not necessarily uh, the supreme being that we hear about um, in things like the Bhagavad Gita or who Jesus spoke of as the Father in truth, light. Um, in him there is no darkness at all. You must uh, go to him in spirit and in truth. No man has stood before the Father. Um, and then we hear things like Yahweh has, uh, that he dwells in dark places. He's out of Egypt. We have a lot of context clues as to Yahweh most likely being one of these Anunnaki gods, um, these extraterrestrial races that are warring for humanity, um, and not necessarily this supreme, all-encompassing, all-knowing being, but rather one that wanted to make sure that people thought that's what he was. So, um... Yeah, Yahweh is from Sumerian. It means Yah, good, and uh, way bad. So literally, it, exactly, Zozer. Um, the, 
the name is a dualistic God in, in and of itself. And so, um, you know, and I've talked about this stuff a million times, guys. Um, and so I always try to approach it carefully because I love you. I don't care what tradition you come from, what race, religion, orientation. You are loved here. You are here to ascend with all of us. And so as long as you're here in love and light, I'm not even here to tell you to change your tradition. Just open your mind uh, because I still go to church um, and I still sit with my family and, um, you know, I still care what goes on with all of that. Um, but it's not my main motivator and it's not necessarily the foundation of my faith anymore. I go there for community, uh, but I come here to explore these bigger ideas and build um, a really, really strong community that I think will ultimately transcend the church construct uh, that that I've been a part of for so long. However, I like to have IRL friends and I've got a lot of those that I grew up with at my local church here. So with that said, that's how I approach it. If you guys think I'm someone who's just like down with church and everything, that's not my motivation here. My motivation here is just to help truth be revealed to each of us individually, your own revelations, your own downloads, Glenn, thanks for being here. Cameron, thanks for being here. Angelo, thanks for being here. Um, Zozer says Sumerian de deities are uh, disagreeable flesh-eating beings called uh, Yahwehans. That's probably accurate. I have not gotten into that yet. Um, but it's uh, very, very interesting. So, um, you know, Zozer, you probably have more knowledge on this than I do. I'm actually starting this. Because I want to know, um, I hear all this Anunnaki stuff, like I, I see it on Scooby-Doo, I see it on uh, Ancient Aliens, I see it on the History Channel, I see it on all kinds of different things that I watch on television um, and, and on YouTube. And I really wanted to just go ahead and dive into it and look at the actual text for myself and for this community to figure out what it is. So we're going to talk today, what are the seats of power here? Uh, Tyler says, if you started a church... Um, I'd be in Texas. Thank you very much, Tyler. I appreciate that, my friend. Um, so, uh, Amanda says, I tease my husband, uh, that we will end up in a commune. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, no, I don't have plans of a commune, so don't worry about that. My wife, uh, I don't think would go for that. Um, I would love communal living to be really honest. I think that, uh, it would be really cool to live like by the stream and have a huge piece of land and have everybody coexist on it. I know people have tried that for, you know, hundreds of years and um, it doesn't ever seem to work out too well. So I will settle for a beautiful online community and hopefully one of these days I will have a facility by a stream somewhere that we can actually hold uh, maybe conferences or something like that. So rather than a co-living situation, we can have actual conferences and events and stuff. So. Uh, UCLA has a cuneiform translation tool that can be used to translate the Sumerian tablets. Yes, Zozer. Um, I looked at that and shared that on the first episode of this. This is the third episode. Um, and so I had a hard time reading it because I think it's like, it's probably like brutally accurate and it just leave like, it's like dot, 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 and then dot, 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 um, because there's a lot missing. So kind of what I got today that I'm going to start reading through, um, I think really starts, it has a bit more commentary around it, which is probably more helpful for what we're doing here. So, um, truth of travel says I have the property, just need the people. Amen. My sister. Amen. We'll see what God does with this. We'll see what source does with this. Uh, we may end up, uh, being able to do an event center or something like that. Uh, actually have our own media broadcast center. That's more my goals for this rather than co living is more like, more creation, more content, uh, more partnerships and more of a facility, more of a, an event center type thing where we can actually have conferences and collaborate with people all around the world in a desirable travel location. So that's really more my vision long term for this. Um, KD uh, Cat says, my type of conversation, absolutely. Um, Clay says, Pastor Arnold Murray has a sermon on the first earth age, explains pre-existence and Satan's rebellion. Oh, awesome. I will check that out. Thank you. Um, Sh Shoni says, uh, hey, I'm late, Cub. Forgive me. No, 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 no. You are welcome to come in late. Don't worry. And you can watch the restream on YouTube. 
If you guys ever want to catch the restreams of these, I organize everything on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel, if you go to YouTube and type in A Apple at C U B K U K E R, Cub Cooker, you will find all of my content. We've got about 7,000 followers on there now. More of you guys follow, we'll get it to 10,000 very soon. We're at 150 something thousand on TikTok, almost 300,000 on Facebook. Um, and maybe one of these days, Instagram will catch up. I think we're at 2000 on Instagram. So if you use Instagram, go follow me over there. I don't know how many people use it anymore, but we'll see. Um, so Starseed says, awesome. Uh, I would say go and learn, uh, what it means. Father desires mercy, not sacrifice. Yes, absolutely. Saul. Absolutely. Um, and I even found yesterday some really wild, um, the conversation that Jesus has about 77 times forgiveness is like a direct, I, I almost want to say affront to um, the fact that Yahweh did not forgive uh, the Canaan during the Cain and Abel story um, and that his punishment was sevenfold. And Jesus is going, oh, no, no, no. When you forgive, forgive 70 times seven or 77 times, depending on the translation you look at. And he's like literally reminding that like, hey, your God didn't forgive, but I'm telling you to forgive. I'm telling you what my father has told me. Like, yeah, Missy, boom. Go look at those verses together. Go look at the judgment um, on uh, Cain um, against, uh, the, yeah, the Cain and Abel story. In fact, I'll give you guys the verses. I know I'm jumping around today, but th it's all relevant. People are always like, hey, where do I find your your video on this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's probably buried in an Enoch video or it's probably buried in, uh, you know, one of these videos on the Anunnaki. So the verses are that you can cross-reference on those. Genesis 4, 10 through 15, and then the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, 21 through 23. Who is the unforgiving servant? It's God. It's the God that we think of. It's the God that, like, I think it's something like two-thirds of the world either believes in or has doctrine within or tradition within. And again, this is not against anyone. It's just, it's a revelation of, like, who really owns this world. In the New Testament, it says that God, uh, Satan is the God of this world. Well, why would we call him Satan if he's the God of this world? We would just call him God, Right. So think about that. Like, think about that's a hard deconstructionist view to take. But just think about that. Does that mean that God doesn't exist? No, 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 no. It just means that we have been defining him incorrectly for thousands of years. We have not understood what source or Theos or the Father or um, Abba or uh, this divine being of light that is in and through all things. We just haven't really understand what the, we don't understand what that is. Um, and people like Buddha and Jesus and even the, the story of Krishna, as we've been reading in the Bhagavad Gita, have come to reveal what is this all-encompassing being that is in and through all things, um, above all, through all, in all, uh, making all God and God all. Um, and that's a very, very, that's, that's where we're at here. Yeah, the Pleroma, if you're into Gnosticism, Paul. Absolutely. Um, and I am, I'm very Gnostic. We've, we've gone through a lot of the Gnostic documents. We're going to do a deep dive on, um, the forbidden book of John and all kinds of cool stuff later on. But Jason, are you back? What's up, brother? Uh, welcome my friend. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Been praying for you, my brother. Um, by the way, we pray for everybody that needs it. Um, if you want to be a part of the, the prayer community and the actual community that does the work of keeping this mission going, uh, you can join our patron support community. It's called Mythos Patron Support Community. It's on my website, www.cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. We've got a ton of Mythos members in here. You guys will love it. We get to do a live call with each other every single Saturday. Uh, we have a private YouTube channel, private Facebook group. It is an awesome, awesome place to be. So if you guys love this community and you want to meet more people, just be more involved with what I'm doing here and get more access check that out. It's only nine bucks a month. You guys will absolutely love it. So thank you for the support on that. Um, so anyway, go check out those verses because that's a, that's a pretty wild revelation. Um, I'll get into that more later. Um, but 
for the purposes of this, um, like I said, we're going to be reading these Sumerian tablets. Um, and I want to finish the description of the Supreme Being here. Um, if I can go back and find it. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Attributes of the Spirit or Brahman. Um, because of being beinglessness and unaffectable by the three modes of material nature, the eternal super soul, even though dwelling in the body as a living entity, neither does anything nor becomes tainted. Um, so that's basically like, how can God live in an evil person? Uh, how can God live in, you know, some of these horrible, horrible, evil people throughout history? Uh, because it basically is the, the laws of spirit that it can't be affected or tainted by the actions um, of that person or the karma of that person, but rather it is the thing that actually animates them and keeps them going um, regardless of their free will decisions. So uh, just as the all-pervading space is not tainted because of its subtlety, similarly, spirit or atma uh, abiding in all bodies is not tainted. Just as one sun illuminates the entire world, similarly, eternal being Brahman illuminates um, or gives life to the entire creation. So think about that. The earth doesn't like, uh, you know, say you have evil people on the earth. The sun doesn't go, I'm not going to shine on those people. No, it's like it's like a law of creation. It's It's going to shine on everyone. It's going to animate everyone. Um, and what people decide to do with that animation or that energy or that light is up to them. So uh, that is a really a, another great revelation I had from reading the Bhagavad Gita. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I've got to read this. Um, okay, yeah, here we go. Okay. The beginningless supreme being is said to be neither eternal nor temporal. The eternal being, or Brahman, has his hands, feet, eyes, head, mouth, and ears everywhere because he is all-pervading and omnipresent. He is the perceiver of all sense objects without the physical sense organs, unattached and yet the sustainer of all, devoid of the three modes or gunas of material nature, that is, goodness, um, goodness passion um, and ignorance so those are the three uh, modes if you will uh, and yet the enjoyer of the gunas uh, by becoming a living entity so like literally god can enjoy all of these things through us uh, he experiences all things through us we are god experiencing itself like if you take this you know to heart and really think about it that's what i love about the bhagavad-gita is the metaphysical practices and just honestly like the psychic and even psychedelic like thoughts and images and uh understandings of like who is god um and so it, it gets to me a lot deeper on who god is than than what we get in the biblical canon because we have like little hints from the words of jesus yet we don't get to go very deep into that because we have all of this other mythology uh mixed in we literally have new and old wine mixed together uh, rather than trying to understand them uh, separately and preserve both, by the way. I think that's really important. And that's one of the missions of my channel is I'm not here to come against anyone or try to prove anyone wrong. Uh, I actually want to preserve both. I want to preserve all the cultural understandings, the traditions, the religions, the faiths. I think that's really important to honor them, but try to get to your own personal ascended understanding of what the truth about reality is. So... Uh, Jazus, uh, Jesus equals, uh, Jesus, uh, yeah, Jazus, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, love, love, uh, Zozer's, um, great name, by the way. Love your, um, understanding of etymology. By the way, is that name, um, from, uh, Ghostbusters? Um, isn't that the god in Ghostbusters? Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that, but, um, so getting to this is the weirdest description i think um of god that i've ever ever seen um if i can find it um because this is when 
um, Arjun, which is the protagonist of our story here uh, during this epic, epic battle that's going on during the Bhagavad Gita, um, he's going to get to see um, kind of a vision of what the Supreme Being is. Um, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild here. So um, da, 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 if I can find it, I think this is it. Um, okay, so here's where Arjun, um, it says, one may see uh, God in any form one uh, chooses. Uh, he says, I wish to see you with a crown, holding a mace and a discus in your hand. Therefore, O Lord, um, with a thousand arms and universal form, please appear to me in a four-armed form. The Supreme Lord's, Lord said, O Arjun, being pleased with you, I have shown you, though... Uh, through my own yogic powers, this particular supreme, shining, universal, infinite, and primal form of mine that has never been seen before by anyone other than you. O Arjun, neither by study of the Vedas, nor by sacrifice, nor by charity, nor by rituals, nor by severe austerities, can I be seen in this cosmic form by anyone other than you in this human world. Do not be perturbed and confused by seeing such a terrible form of mine as this. With fearless and cheerful mind, now behold my forearm form. So basically, Arjun is asking him, like, hey, can you turn it down a little? Like, can we dial it back? Because you are scaring the crap out of me. Um, and, I, and I perceive that if we were to see God in any of his eternal form, it would absolutely melt our faces, literally and metaphysically and mentally. Um, and so uh, that's what um, that's what I love about this text. Then Arjun says, um, seeing, you, seeing your engulfed and colorful form touching the sky, your mouth wide open and large shining eyes, I am frightened and find neither peace nor courage. O Krishna, seeing your mouths with fearful tusks glowing like fires of cosmic disillusion. I lose my sense of direction and find no comfort. Have mercy on me, O Lord of celestial rulers or devas, uh, refuge of the universe. All of my cousin brothers, along with the hosts of other kings and warriors on the other side, together with the chief warriors on our side, are also quickly entering into your fearful mouths and terrible tusks. Some are seen caught in between the tusks with their heads crushed. These warriors of mortal world are entering your blazing mouths as many torrents of the rivers enter into the ocean. This is like, again, just such a wild vision of, of God or Krishna or the Supreme Being here. Uh, o Lord of the universe, I see you everywhere with infinite forms, with many arms, stomachs, faces, and eyes. O universal form. I see neither your beginning nor your middle nor your end. I see you with your own crown, club, and discus, and a mass of radiance difficult to behold, shining all around like the immeasurable brilliance of the sun and the blazing fire. I believe you are the supreme being, Parabrahman. Uh, to be realized, you are the eternal resort, the ultimate resort of the universe. You are the eternal being and protector of the eternal order. Okay, why is this important? Because go read Revelation. Look at the description of Jesus. Um, it's like almost identical or very, very similar in this kind of cosmic psychedelic form um, understanding what we're dealing with here. And so one of the things I've learned from the Gita is uh, how do we project God? How do we approach him? Do we approach him as a personal or a cosmic being? Do we approach him as both? Um, and that's why I think it's so important with the manifestation of Jesus um, to have that image of God as a personal friend, a personal savior, not the way that it's been construed over time and centuries by a construct, but but rather as this actual, like, is that the icon you choose to see God as? Do you see him as Krishna? Do you see him as Jesus? Do you see him as Buddha? Why do we have these ascended masters? Because it's important for us to have a human or an earthly or even a glorified representation of God so that we have something to attach our bhakti, our yoga, our love to uh, so that we can actually stay anchored through this world as you have all different spirits and entities that want to talk to you 
they want to use you, they want to channel through you, whatever, it's important to have that anchor. Now, I often float out here uh, like an astronaut. If you notice the new podcast logo, it is a uh, astronaut in the psychic realm of a quantum, the eternal. And that's kind of how I approach this. I am dangling without a lifeline out here for all intents and purposes. Um, but I, I, I get to explore a lot of things from a lot of angles that other people are just not willing to do. So um, as we continue here, we're back into the myths of Babylonia and Assyria. Do you guys have any questions, by the way? Questions, comments, prayer concerns, drop them now. Thank you for the gifts, by the way, these stars over on Facebook, the super chats on YouTube, the gifts on TikTok, super, super helpful to me. They push my videos in the algorithm. They also, I directly get funded through the, the, the financial well-being of that as well. We got 1,350 stars over here on Facebook right now. That means I get $13.50. So thank you guys. God bless you. I really, really appreciate that. That in addition to our membership. And then also we have a brand new course. It's called a course, uh, Light Warrior course. Um, actually, let me say the full name of the platform. It is not a course. It is a platform, guys. It's called Charisma Light Warrior Academy with Cub Cooker. Um, and it is so freaking cool, guys. Um, it's split up into about five different courses. Um, everything from how to be a light worker, how to discover your spiritual gifts, start activating your spiritual gifts. There's an entire yoga and meditation course in there. There's an entire wellness course. There's an entire course on money and power. And there's an entire course on lucidity and waking up from the matrix. Um, literally everything that you need to stay empowered in your walk, your journey, um, and another course that I'm looking at adding is the course on mythologies and how to uh, kind of study and, and get around your own ideas of all of this, much as I do. So um, anyway, uh, if you guys want to really just take that step off the ledge, go all in on yourself. You also get mythos with that, by the way. So you don't have to choose one or the other. Uh, for 29 bucks a month, you can join the Charisma Light Work Academy, Light Warrior Academy, excuse me. Um, we just switched it from Lightwork Academy to Light Warrior Academy because that's really what we are. Like it's the people that are like, I want to go out and do the work, whether professionally or personally. I'm ready to just go out and crush it, discover who I really am, step into that next level of self. Um, this is the course for you. I've got about 70 videos in it so far, and I'm adding dozens every single week to it. So it's literally going to be thousands of videos at scale but right now it's 29 bucks it will go up so if you want to lock that in you can grab that right now on cubcooker.com just click on the charisma banner you can't miss it it'll take you right over to my teachable account uh got a great secure check out there everything uh that you guys have asked for i'm trying to put in that course so i love you thank you for that thank you for being here missy says amen to that light warriors tyler june says oh please um, yeah, Tyler, Tyler's in, in the course. So, um, yes, it's in my bio. Absolutely. Um, so let's see, uh, we are here for it. Appreciate every moment you put into this. Tyler says, thank you very much. Uh, ancient Egyptian deity who taught Imhotep. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's the other thing is I want to explore the Egyptian origins of Yahweh because literally in the Bible, Yahweh says, I am your God. I've come out of Egypt. Um, and so he's like hinting that he's out of Egypt. Micah, thank you for the stars. Thank you guys for the stars. God bless you. We're up to 2578 on the stars now. Um, let's drop them over here on TikTok too. If you guys uh, have any gifts you want to share on TikTok, uh, let's, let's beat Facebook out here. So thank you guys for that. Uh, during the vast interval of time, the cultural influences emanating from the Tigro-Euphrates Valley reached far distant shores along the intersecting avenues of trade. And in consequence of the periodic and widespread migrations of peoples who had acquired directly or indirectly the leavening elements of the Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian civilization. Uh, even at present day, traces survive in Europe of early cultural impress of the East our signs of the zodiac, for instance, as well as a system of measuring time and space by using 60 
as a basic numeral equation are inheritances from ancient Babylonia. Uh, so here's why I think that's important. And I will try to skip a bunch of the commentary here and get into the text um, that this actually has in it. Um, but I find this really interesting. And so for today, I'm going to just leave it at that commentary. But what we're about to get into with this is literally the mythologies that all these other spiritual texts are built on. We're going to begin to understand the beginning of the cosmos, the primal water, the mixing of the waters. We're going to understand more what it means not to mix new and old wine. Where does that even come from? Well, it was the gods in the beginning, the two waters, the sweet and the salty mixed. Um, we've got so many interesting things coming our way with this. And I think it's fascinating because the Tigris and Euphrates River are huge in prophecy. They're huge in prophecies all around the world. And when we actually honor and look at those um, and try to, let's take it back, let's dial it way back, tens of thousands of years even, and look at the cradle of civilization. Who are the Anunnaki? Are they us? Are they an evolved version of us? Thank you for the gifts over here on TikTok. God bless you guys. Um, are they an evolved version of us? Are they uh, higher forms or entities? Did they create us? Are we hybrids of them? Are we the very Nephilim, the hybrid creatures that are talked about in the book of Enoch? All of these are possibilities, guys. We don't know. I'm not here to tell you that I know, but I'm here to tell you this ties into book of Enoch. If you guys have enjoyed my book of Enoch studies, which we're not done with, by the way, I just keep mixing it up. Keep it fresh for you guys. Um, if you love, love, love what I'm doing, don't miss out. Be a part of the community. Be sure and like, comment, and subscribe. I can't guarantee you that I'll show up in your algorithm again just because of how these things work. The best thing you can do is to leave a comment, subscribe, share the video with yourself and others so that you don't miss it. Um, and then, like I said, on YouTube is the archive of all of this. Then you can also go to Apple and Spotify and subscribe to the Cub Cooker Supernatural podcast. All of that's linked over in my profile as well. So um, I'm not supposed to say that per the algorithm, but uh, you guys know where to find it. It's all in my about sections. Uh, I try to leave no stone unturned when it comes to that. Cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com will give you the links to everything as I knock my microphone around again. So Anyway, I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Uh, I'm going to drop some more TikTok videos tonight. Um, so you guys look for those. I'll continue to plug through these stories in the short videos and then talk around them on all angles on the podcast every day. So um, I love you guys. Um, Jeffrey has a good comment here if I can see it. Um, according to the RA materials, the Yahweh group oversaw the, uh, cloning process during the human engineering experiment. Yeah, I definitely believe that. That's kind of where I think like some people say that Yahweh is Enlil and some people say he's inky. I think he's inky. I think, I think, I think he's inky or at least more representative of that. Uh, that side of the mythology, like basically being the one that decided to start farming humans here and create um, a planet for him to terraform um, and kind of be in charge of. And then that kind of uh, didn't go as well as it could have. So uh, I don't think anybody can argue on that. There were some really rough times within the biblical Old Testament canon. So Missy says, love you, Cub. Have a great night, family. Yes, absolutely. Jim uh, says, thanks, Cub, you rock. Appreciate you guys. I love you all. Uh, this is where I'm stuck. Uh, who are we and did we come from and who is God really? Uh, Mystic me, that's exactly what we're going to try to not really answer, but just talk about, um, spin on, have some thought experiments on during this podcast series. Uh, Anunnaki, Origins of the Alien Gods. That's exactly what we're looking at here. Um where do we come from? Who are the gods? Who is the, the supreme being? Who is this? What we actually think of as God, but we've been told is God is something different. Uh, so this is like a really, really interesting um, thing. So um, I don't know who St. Lucia is. Uh, Sloan Nelson says, um, 
yeah, who is that? Uh, sorry, I may be ignorant of of that. If that's like galactic, uh, like Saint Germain type stuff, then I really don't understand all of that. Maybe we'll get into that one of these days or talk to an expert on that. So, um, Heather uh, Garza, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, Herman, absolutely. The Demiurge, like I think that's more like the Yahweh connection um is the demiurge so um but anyway we'll be we'll be talking more about all of that again in all love and light to all cultures you guys know i really try to be sensitive to that um and my commitment to you guys um is that i'm just going to show up here every day authentically so um sloan says oh it's an island in the caribbean oh okay cool uh well great okay so uh sorry i thought you were talking about galactic federation stuff some of that stuff is over my head so well welcome from the, the caribbean that is awesome uh maybe one of these days i'll be broadcasting from a warmer climate so um let's see new to finding you mindy says do you touch on the emerald covenant uh stuff from the freedom teachings um so i do have queued up the emerald tablets of thoth which i will be reading from um kind of after we get through this or maybe as we go through this so uh, Brittany, what's up, my friend? Welcome. How are you doing? Um, so I hope that answers your question, Mindy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to touch on anything you guys want. Like, really, like if you guys want it, comment, um, vote on it, whatever, like get get a bunch of people, you know, like your comment or whatever. Definitely, I'll do it. I do my best to really go through and try to understand what you guys want and need. I'm not just here for my own gratification. I want to serve this community and show up authentically every day. Thank you, Truth That Travels. God bless you, my friend. Uh, I love you, too. Thank you for being here. Uh, what about animal-human hybrids? Uh, chimeras, I'm sure, is what you're talking about there. Dreamer uh, asks. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, why is our genetic material super close to swine? Like, why did Jesus drive... Uh, the demons into the swine why did the demons take to the swine super easily like hmm I don't know there's definitely some weird stuff there um, why is it that in the Old Testament the law was not to eat pork uh, well that could you know if there's some hybriding between our genetics and uh, animal genetics and uh, galactic genetics then maybe that could be considered you know uh, the, the incorrect eating of flesh, if that makes sense. I can't say the actual word on here, but, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that's, that's one theory I've heard. Very, very interesting stuff there. Um, I don't even know how to get myself up on time in the morning, much less pretend to know where we came from. So, uh, but I definitely love looking at it. So, uh marlon says more power to you watching from the philippines thank you welcome my friend god bless you uh jamie says bacon bro yeah absolutely i know bacon that that one's a hard one for me i like me some bacon i don't eat a whole lot of meat but bacon really gets me um uh why are we rh the only blood types that aren't connected to animals um that's interesting i don't know anything about the rh stuff you guys know way more about that than i do um, one reason I don't talk about it a lot is that's not really, um, a popular thing to talk about on social medias. Um, unfortunately a lot of people get, um, get, uh, strikes on their, you know, videos with those. So I try to avoid that. Um, but at the same time, again, if that's something you guys want, I will try to look more into it. Um, I really don't like singling anyone out for their genetics. I think that we are all one people and we all have equal ability to ascend. So that, that to me kind of starts to borderline on that. And I try to avoid that for obvious reasons uh, out of respect to all people because I don't think I'm any better than anyone else for how I look or what my genetic makeup is or my background or anything like that. That's not what this channel is about. So, um, I try, I'm trying to do a, a decent job of cultural representation in my artwork as well. I've been trying to do a lot more uh, Eastern, Middle Eastern, um, even African type artwork within, obviously I have no grounds to speak on that. I'm almost clear in my skin pigment, but, uh, but I do think it's important to understand that we're talking about a world culture here. We're talking about stories that go all around the globe into things I don't even understand here. So um, 
I gotta be, gotta be as, as much representation as I can for all of us here. So, um, that's why the flood came to wipe out, uh, the pure blood. Yeah. I mean, that's like, if there was like a plan to like, you know, correct and ascend humanity and then you've got the flood, I've always questioned like the flood and like God being against the watchers, helping humanity, teaching them plant medicines, teaching them magic, teaching them, uh, the Zodiac signs, like all the stuff to ascend and evolve, um, and kind of go back to our rightful place in the stars, if, if you will. Like, why was God against that? Like what God wants to just keep us in our place? Like, I don't understand that. Um, because I don't think that there's any pride in learning, these spiritual art forms and unfortunately there's a lot of people that speak out when i talk about magic or tarot or zodiac astrology um there's literally things right now going around on social media where uh people don't like that in the culture are things like uh, witches wizards stuff like that we don't if you don't understand it don't talk about it first off um, you know, I love the whole Harry Potter series. I'm a huge fan. I'm about to be playing the video game on Friday. My whole Friday evening is planned because the new PS5 game comes out, the Hogwarts Legacy. I finally get my letter to Hogwarts, y'all. I'm excited about that. Um, and so we've got witches. We have psychics. We have prophets. We have healers. Uh, we have tarot readers. We have um, all kinds of different people, lightworkers, starseeds empaths indigos in our community and i love you all and i i support you all as long as your source is coming from the light and you are helping people and not harming people that's what i that's what i'm here for as long as you're doing it in truth and in love that's what i support so um, i hope you guys know that i love you all thank you thank you for being here um uh, let's see. Any other questions? Um, yeah, it depends on where the heart is coming from. Yeah. It's where your heart chakra is. Absolutely. Gems. Uh, very, very important. You know, where's the root? Where's the fruit? Cause I mean, as I've been reading in the Gita too, like, you know, it's like God is in all, but that all chooses, is it choosing the pure good? Is it choosing passion? which passion can easily lead into like serving yourself or just doing what feels good or is it out of ignorance? And honestly, evil comes out of that ignorance. And that's one of the big origins of evil revelations that I've been discovering in uh, the Bhagavad Gita is like ignorance is one of the biggest places where the dark fruit comes from because just by not knowing we or not wanting to know by choosing ignorance, um, a lot of times that's where when I talk about choosing doctrine and dogma over um, authentic seeking deconstruction and then reconstruction as a spiritual being, that's a whole different, that's a whole different can of worms. We can talk about it another day. So uh, Nunyi says, uh, if we all come from Adam and Eve, does that mean that we're all related? So, and that's the other thing too, is we're about to see in this Sumerian mythology where Adam was the first of many that were created in essentially a breeding farm for uh, human enslavement by these gods, um, and one in particular that wanted to make sure that they were farming, that they were able to take the animals and give the animals a sacrifice because these gods didn't actually have authority over this plane as the humans did, um, as the creation did. Uh, because they took a creation that was here already that was more in contact with the divine source of God um, and started manipulating it to bring it to a lower vibration so they could mine gold, get resources, um, and get the sacrifices or the sustenance that they needed to exist in this physical plane. So, again, I don't know. Just really, really interesting. So, um, yeah, and there were humans before Adam and Eve, absolutely. And as we're going to see here, you get the uh, the mother here of these Anunnaki. She actually births Adam, or the first Adam, out of her womb and says, Behold, I have made it with my hands. His name is Adam. And she places Adam in Edin, E-D-I-N, or Eden, which again is a essentially a breeding farm for this new race, which is all of us now, no matter who you are. Like This is a mythology to try to understand 
how has humanity fallen into the constructs we have. We know, every human on the planet knows that we could live in this utopian, beautiful society where we love each other, we take care of each other, we coexist, we co-create, um, and things are beautiful. Um, we all know it's possible, yet we can't get there because there are still bindings upon our reality. And that's what we're looking at. Where do those come from? What is the ultimate seat of power that is held by the gods of old? Or as we would call them, extraterrestrials. I love you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, I live stream every afternoon. So um, I'll see you guys for the podcast. You can catch the restream of this and send to a friend or family member on my YouTube, on my podcast. You guys know where to go. Thank you for the support. If you join Mythos or Charisma, remember if you join Charisma, you get Mythos, the community. Um, if you join either of those, I'll be there to personally welcome you this afternoon. So go check that out. Thank you so much. I love you. I will see you later. Peace.